Good morning. This uh, song touched me a lot. If you knew me before I knew him, then you would understand my love. This reminded me of the woman who was caught in uh, uh, adultery, and they brought him to Jesus. And they were ready to throw stones at her. She was doomed, according to the law of Moses, to be killed. Then she met Jesus. And with his loving heart, he caught them all 
in their sins. And I don't know what he wrote on the ground, but I believe he started writing each one's sins. That's my own belief. It's not in the Bible, but I believe he started Rabbi Adol caught in such and such. Rabbi so-and-so, they were all rabbis and their followers. And he started writing their sins. And when he lifted up his face, there were no one left. And he looked at her. Says, where, where, where are they? She said, they, they left. He said, didn't they judge you? She said, no. They didn't have anything to say. You stripped them. Maybe she said that. You stripped them. He said, if they didn't have anything to say, nor do I. Go and sin no more. Is that love? If you knew me before I knew him. Oh, we know ourselves. But it was the love of God that caught us. That came down and changed our lives completely. Today the theme is on love. And I thought, I thought of this woman who brought to, to die. And Jesus gave her a new life. Isn't that the story of our lives? Isn't that the story of your life? I was supposed to die. Long time ago. But Jesus saved me and gave me a new lease on life. This is because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Our theme today is God's love. What else? Today the world is celebrating Love Day, Valentine's Day. And I thought it would be nice to sing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who knew how to love, still loves forever. Our reading is from 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. I will read it, and of course, Ed will display it on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should never perish, but have everlasting life. And I want to add another reading from 1 John 4, 9 and 10. By this, by this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What a great love. You know, Karl Barth, I mentioned him before in this church, but those uh, who studied theology, they know they should know about him because he was a famed theologian, was once asked, what is the greatest thought you ever had? He took some time 
bowed his head in front of many people, theologians, and his answer was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. A great theologian, he didn't have anything to say except to tell them, Jesus loves me. And I want to assure you of one thing. Whether you are saved or unsaved, Jesus loves you. As a saved person, he loves you to give you this life. To see you with him forever and ever. As unsaved, he loves you and calls you to come and know him as a savior. Regardless, Jesus loves the message of the gospel is always clear. The love of God is global in our world today. God so loved the world. And is, it's not self-centered at all. This is not our Jesus. It reaches out and draws others in. And in these verses that we read, God sets a pattern of true love. The basis for all love relationships. When you love someone dearly, you are willing to give freely to the point of self-sacrifice. And God paid dearly, didn't he? With the life of his own son, the highest price he could ever pay. And why did he give up everything and came to the cross to die on that cross? Because he loves you and loves me. Because he loves us. And today, briefly, I know your minds most probably is on what are you going to do this afternoon or later tonight. And enjoy it. Enjoy this beautiful day that has given to families and lovers and friends and everyone uh, I want to share with you three things about the love of God. And may we go home and we go to our families, to our loved ones, to wives and husbands, and apply what we hear today. First, God showed us a love that seeks the love of God that seeks. When Jesus came, he redefined love. Paul expressed it in Romans 7 and 8. He says, excuse me, 5, five 7, and 8. He says, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinner, Christ died for us. That's a love that seeks. True love 
for someone is to lay his life for his enemies. Who did that in the history of mankind? I did not hear of anyone yet who laid his life for his enemies except the Lord Jesus Christ. That's true love. And he came from heavens. He left the, the most beautiful domain you can ever dream of. Paul could not even describe heaven. And he took the form of a man and came down because he loved us so much. He obeyed the Father who loved the whole world and to put his life down for his enemies. We can hardly love our enemies. If we really are honest with ourselves, we can say, well, I don't love my enemies. Let's be, let's be honest this, this, this morning. Let's be honest. But Jesus loved his enemies. God loved the world, number one enemy, and came for them and laid his life down for them. And he was seeking to get every one of them to get saved. Even on the cross, when Jesus was crucified in his last moment, he says, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they were doing. This is the love that seeks. And remember, if Jesus did give up on, our, on his first attempt on me, I would be unsaved now. He attempted most probably 10 or or 15 times. He convicted me so many times of my sins. And he kept after me. And kept after me. He was seeking me. And finally he got me. Oh, what a beautiful day. What a great moment it was. When I said, Lord, I surrender all. I give you my life. That's the love of God. And he's looking after you. He's searching after each and every one. And if you're unsaved this morning, oh, in one minute it'll be this afternoon, if you're not saved yet, Jesus Christ is knocking on your door. He wanted to save you. He wanted to change your life. He wanted you to be happy. He wanted you to stop the search for happiness and accept him and then you will experience true happiness, joy, and a true life. You will remember that fear is gone and joy took charge of your life. That's the love of God. You know what? His love when he seeks each and every one of us, he does not look, regardless, for moral qualifications in us. He does not look and say, hey, well, he's fit for the kingdom. Or this man is, 
a better sinner than the other. No. God came for all sinners. He does not look for, to differentiate between a sinner and a sinner. By the way, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We are one category. And God did not differentiate between any sin. I say, so you talk to some people and say, I, I did not kill anyone so far. I did not commit murder. I did not go and steal my neighbor. Okay, but how about all the other sins that you are thinking of in your mind and in your heart? How about, how about some, uh, uh, you know, few things you do on your taxes? How about few things you do here and there? How, how, about, how about all this? Oh, these no, are not considered sins. Well, they are considered sins in the eyes of God. A little stealing is ma as much as a big one. He gave, us, he gave us one conscience and one standard. All have sinned. A sin is a sin. And Jesus' love came to cover multitude of sins and take it all and change in your life completely. What did he see in us? Oh, what a great love. What did he see in me? What did he see? Let me ask you in the Samaritan woman. People didn't want to talk to her. And she came at a time where she didn't want to see anybody because they knew her reputation in town. But Jesus made it a point to meet with her and satisfy her life. That's love. What did he see in Jacob? The Bible says he loved Jacob. All of us, if we met Jacob in our lives, I don't want to do deal business with him. He's a thief. I don't want to. If you have two horses, be afraid. One horse will be gone next day. This is what happened. He was a plotter, cunning. And he says, God loved Jacob. And he changed Jacob. He met with him one night and he changed him completely. This is the love of God. What did he see in Zacchaeus? Big thief. Zacchaeus, why are you sitting on top of the tree? Come down. Tonight, I will have supper with you. And tonight, I will change your life. And tonight you'll be a new man. And as we heard from that beautiful uh, testimony of Milton this morning, God has changed my life. And that's what Zacchaeus did. God's love has changed my life. I will return everything I stole from the people four times according to the law of Moses. And I will Follow Jesus from now on. This is the love that seeks and never stops seeking. And you know what? Especially nowadays, it started long time ago. Man's heart is the same. Even in the churches today have shut up. 
the love of God completely. Even they have closed the doors to Jesus Christ because he demands total surrender as we sang this morning, I surrender all, total surrender, total dedication. He wants your heart completely, not half of it. He wants you all in all from top to bottom. He does not require only part of you. He wants you all. And this is why so many, I would say that wholeheartedly, without any shame, that many churches have shut up their doors for the Lord of Jesus Christ and his word. And we find him, we found him early to over 2,000 years ago, standing outside the door of uh, the church of Laodicea. He was standing outside the door. He was kicked out. We don't want him. We want to be lukewarm. They were blinded. It says there, check it in Revelation. He, they were completely blinded. And they didn't want to have anything to do with the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we thank God in our church, we still teach Jesus and him crucified. Amen? We do not deny his love. That is because he loves you. And if I'm talking to someone who is not saved, and you're trying to shut your conscience. I did that, by the way. I did that in my youth, in my life. You are, you're trying to shut your heart from him. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to go to church. I don't want Adol to preach or anyone. I don't want to hear about sin. You try to do that and he keeps knocking and knocking. They threw him out. Don't shut him out. Look what he says to a church over 2,000 years ago. Look what he says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You can find it in Revelation 3 and verse 20. I stand, I'm still knocking. When you knock on the door, is it from the outside or the inside? Let me ask you a question. Outside. outside, thank you very much. Outside, all right. And it seems that door didn't have a knob outside, so he couldn't open by himself. He never forces himself on you. You have to open the door. You have to tell him to love of Christ, come and take my life and change me. He is still knocking. He says, I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in him. I will come. I will have dinner with him and he with me. And this is God's love, my friends. Even if you shut him out, even if we say no to him, you still have an opportunity as long as the, the grace, door grace is open. It's not shut down yet. The grace of God is still available. And the love of God is still at your disposal. Please accept me. Reciprocate my, my love. And take me as your savior. That's the love that seeks. Started long time ago. Never stopped. The second point. This is a love that redeems. That redeems. In Psalms 1. 30 and verse 7, listen to the psalmist, what he says. He's talking about, about God's forgiving love. He writes, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love, and here it is, and with him is abundant 
redemption. Church, according to the word of God, we are all sinners and enemies of him. But you know what? He came for sinners. He sat with sinners. He was seeking sinners, as we said. And he seeked us. And he came to redeem us. He came not only for a visit and leave. No. He was on a mission. And that mission is never to leave you in your sins. Never to leave you tortured. You know, sin tortures. It tastes good at the very beginning. But at the end, it tortures. It tortures your life. It messes your life. It takes you away from God. It separates you from your creator. It separates you from the love of God. God's nature is love. And you know what? He's so generous in giving it. His resources are great. I hope you will accept the love of God. He took people like you and me. He cleansed us with his own blood. And he gave us eternal life. And the apostle says in him we have what? Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In him only. Don't look anywhere else. The love of God is still available. His resources are still available. He said, I am your redeemer. I want to save you. I want you to taste my love. You know, when you taste Christ's love, you start tasting life itself. Remember that. Sin might taste a little bit tasty at the very beginning. But you know what it does with you? Sin will spit you out later on. After it takes all good things from your life and throws you on the streets. Come to the grace of God. What else do we need if he is now available and calling you and loving you? I would say this. Let's love him more. Do you? Let's love him more. Can we reciprocate this love? Let's love each other more. Church, we're known by our love. I give you that. But we need to love more. People don't ever get sick of love. Remember that. Love your wife more, men. Women, love your husbands more. Love your children more. And the more you show love, the more you are loved. Let's love him more. And he said, if you love me, what did he say? If you love me, keep my commandments. Church, you know what it is. Keep my commandments. In other words, let's put it in our own language. If you love me, obey me, right? Uh, so many people hate the word ob obedience and obey. No. No. 
There's a thrill in obeying God. There's a joy in obeying God. There is, a, there is something, a feeling inside. You will experience it when you do his will. And if you love me, he loved us so much. He did the will of the Father. We need to imitate him. Let us do the will of Jesus Christ who loved us so much. And let's obey him. And let's reciprocate this redemption that he's given us. There is no money you can put on his redeeming love. Third word. And I don't want to keep you. His love, unlike any other, endures. His love endures. God's love is eternal. Our God is eternal in his salvation. Eternal in his faithfulness. Eternal in his great love toward us. Unlike the love of humans. You know what? Love stops at a certain time. <laughs> Regardless of much, how much we love, it has to stop. We change. You know what? Humans are completely subjected to many factors in life. Sometimes it turns warm, sometimes it turns cold. Am I right or wrong? And it changes according to moods and emotional feelings. Not so with our God. He is unchangeable. My sheep hear my voice, he says, listen to this, and I know them, and they follow me. Here, and I give eternal life to them, and they shall never, 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 remember the word, never perish. And no one, no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Is this love eternal? He will not change his mind, though we might change. We might quit, but he'll never quit on us because his love is eternal. His nature is eternal. And he says in 1 John chapter 13, verse 1, having loved his own who were in this world, he loved them to the end. Tell me. What's the end? If you are going to live eternally with Jesus Christ, is there an end to this love that he has? No. Never. His love endures forever. The minister of a church was retiring and had delivered his last sermon from the pulpit where he had preached many years. Well, I don't agree with that first there. Minister retiring. I don't believe ministers should retire. That's what I mean. But I'm reading what I read, right? Okay. I'm not changing it. I'd be honest to that. Uh, we should serve the Lord until the Lord takes us. Amen? And if you get tired of me, I'm sorry. You have, <laughs> you have to bear with me and love me more. <laughs> One of the faithful members stopped as she went out the door. He was standing at the door and, uh, and uh, asked, Do you know what is the most important message you said in all these years? What was that? He asked her, What was that? 
So he might know what was the most important message I preach. She told him, this lady, you told us we cannot do anything to get God to stop loving us. I want to tell you the same, though I'm not retiring. <laughs> I want to tell you the same. You cannot do anything to stop God loving you. But this is not a passport to sin. This is not a passport to live a free life. This is not a passport to live the way I want to live. This should be, this should be an encouragement to love him more and obey him more. David Redding, I will end this, a great Christian writer. He wrote in his book saying, there is no other blessing I can give you, he's writing to his readers, no gift so precious, no treasure so refreshing, nothing that can provision you from, for the journey we are all making than to tell you that someone loves you and is searching diligently for you. He is not a stationary God. He's everywhere. He is crazy about you. I like that. You know, God is crazy about you. He loves you. And he says the expense to which he has gone isn't reasonable. Remember the cross. That's what he paid, is it? The cross was not very, a very dignified ransom, to say the least. It was a splurge of his love and glory lavishly spent on you and on me. Oh, what redemption, oh, what love. You know what, this is typical of our Redeemer. Those who love, he loved till the end. Christ loves you. Christ loves you. Christ always will love you. And he, God, is love. What is, I wonder, what is our response to this irresistible love? What's your response? Lord, I love you more. Good. I'll dedicate myself more. Good. Consecrate me more. Good. I love my family more. Good. I love my wife more. Good. You see, that's what he wants. And that's what we all need, is to listen, reciprocate his love. And how do we reciprocate it? By loving our immediate family, our church members, show the love of Christ to the whole world and go and show how much he loves us. We stand, you know, these are a few things I brought to your attention on this Valentine's Day. And I pray with all my heart that with reverence we treat the love of God in our lives. And I have a request when you go home tonight after celebration, and you stay in bed, open the word of God and read 1 Corinthians 13. It's 13 verses. 
read it and see what kind of love God wants us to display. This is the same love he loved us with. And show it to the world. You know the world needs love. The world is filled with hatred. They are hungry. And we cannot live like the people of the world. Let us live to show the love of God. Amen. God bless you. God be with you. Go enjoy this beautiful day. Have a happy Valentine's. And I hope that each and every one will exercise the love of God toward anyone we know, whether far or near. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we are thankful for your love, for God so loved the world. We're thankful for each and every person who is here, Lord. Fill our hearts with your love so it will overflow to others and touch others and win them to Christ. Be with us as we go, each one his own way. And as celebration starts, wherever it is, whether with families and friends, whether, whether alone, Lord, we know you'll never, you're always with us if you're doing your will. Help us to obey you and keep your commandments and love you more in this life. Dismiss us, we pray, with your blessing. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you for coming. Bless you tomorrow. It's an off day for all of us. We'll see you back Wednesday for a sweet night. And may the Lord bless you all.